welcome to Bi-Week, House Two Heroes. Yes, we're doing a, a segment on the Bi-Week. We are brought to you, as always, by Druid City Brewing Company on the Bi-Week. I'm Greg, and he's Ellis. And we are coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and from Santa Fe, New Mexico. You can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com, on Twitter at H2Heroes, or maybe on Facebook. We honestly don't know, but we do know that Klein Thompson recently liked us. We like Klein, so maybe we'll get back to Facebooking. I don't know, maybe. Anywho, uh, moving along, what is in your glass? Are you still deep into the Percocet? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to wean, weaning right now off Jan Percocets. Uh, have you had a Juicifer? What the hell are you talking about, a Juicifer? I'm on a Juicifer IPA. I think it's out of New Belgium, one of their Voodoo Ranger series guys. Sounds Very like a ju- beer for children. What is that? A <laughs> well, that's what I. That's what I strive for. But <laughs> Greg, it is October. Oh, shit. Are you going back in that? You know. You know. I've got an Oktoberfest in the fridge now. It was oh. 100 degrees in Nashville yesterday. Oh, God. Nevertheless, starting light with the Oktoberfest, but you know pumpkin is going to be in. By I know. You, there's nothing Nothing stands between your, you and your basic white girlness. I do what I can. Right, right, right. How about yourself? What you got? I Well, I'm. I got to tell you. I'm drinking a Boom Boom Syrah, and on the front of it, it is a red wine, by the way, a Syrah. It's a 2017 from Washington State. Uh, fun fact about me, I was once a sommelier. I know all about wine, dudes. I know tons about wine, more than you'll ever know. Like like that scene from, um, what's that movie? Uh, Chasing Bobby Fisher, Searching for Bobby Fisher. Something about Bobby Fisher. Uh-huh, when he uh-huh, says, uh-huh. like, he'll, he knows more about this than you'll ever know about anything, that's me and wine. I know everything. And currently, this wine has a giant bomb on the front, and it's called Boom Boom. And let me tell you, it's pretty nice. And where did you learn all this wine knowledge? I went to school, bitch. Um, Here's the thing. I was stuck in – I don't know why I'm boring you with my life tales, but I'm going to. I was stuck at my dad's house for a week or a few weeks during a summer during law school. And, you know, I enjoy a good wine from time to time. Who am I? You know, of course – uh, so they were advertised. Actually, I also, when I was home for the summer, like I waited tables at a friend of mine's restaurant on Sundays during brunch. So I thought to myself, Hmm, what if I knew more about wine? So during, I found out that one of the casinos in Philadelphia, it was offering a sommelier class. Like you could come out of that class and be like a certified sommelier. I'm like, what the hell? It gets me away from these people. So there I went up to Philadelphia, Mississippi, to the to the Blue Moon or the Moon something casino. And I learned all about wine, passed it with the flying colors. Ask me anything. I won't know it now, but still I did then. Uh, anyway, so that's what I've got going on right now. Um, anyway, let's get this bi-week party started. When last we spoke, Alabama football was headed into rollicking Bryant-Innium for an affair with the Ole Miss Rebel Black Bears. Your Tide emerged victorious, 59-31. to 31. That's right, Gregory. And the Tide scored first with what proved to be quite a trend Saturday afternoon there in the heat of T-Town. Uh, By the way, it's 150 eight. degrees still in Tuscaloosa in October. Like a million degrees. Oh. Yeah, right? I know, whenever cool off, it's like, not, 
hide your ears, Carol. It's just global warming is taking over the world. It's never going to end. Carol, that's been your political. Yes, that's been your political portion of the podcast. God bless you. That's right. Tui Tungavailoa hit junior wide receiver Devontae Smith for a 74-yard touchdown to get the party started. And those two would go on to do that four more times, Gregory. Four <sighs> and five. Five times total on the day. Five, yes. Right. Before Ole Miss took an early lead because it wouldn't be an Alabama Ole Miss game without Ole Miss scoring on some bizarre early <sighs> game bounce. Well, you know, once I mean, really, is this going to happen every time we play Ole Miss and a ball bounces off a player's head for a touchdown? I mean, I'm fine if I know that's going to happen every time, but that's weird as hell. So, I mean, it's a bizarre trend, but it seems to be one we're settling with. No, it's holding up, and you're exactly right. I just want to be prepared for it when the game starts. Right. Uh, No, and this time it came at the hands of my beloved Heisman candidate. I crossed myself. This is probably – Probably the end of Jalen Waddell's 2019 Heisman campaign. All right, Pete. Uh, quiet and short-lived. <laughs> oh, maybe. But uh, he, he muffed a punt. The Rebels took over at Alabama's 30 because you can't advance a muff, Gregory. Don't Ooh. try to deeper. Never uh, would. Never would. Ole Miss freshman quarterback and probably Jackson Prep alum John Reese Plumley scored by way of a one-yard rushing touchdown. It was his first start. They instantly were testing the quarterback run, which I think is interesting. And at halftime, I believe it was Gene Chizik who said uh, that other teams were probably watching the success Jackson Prep alum John Reese was having against us. So, can I just tell my- you something that happened? I need I need to I need to interject something here. Imagine Please. the agony. Okay, so I'm over at a buddy that I work with's house. Um, he went to Ole Miss. Uh, and I, as unbeknownst to me, his wife is lovely, did not go to Ole Miss. She was there as well. Then unbeknownst to me, there was another party involved, also went to Ole Miss. So every time... Were they beknownst to you? I do what? Was that party beknownst to you? Well, no, I was, it was, yeah, totally, totally just sprung on me. All of it unbeknownst. Unbeknownst, yeah. I mean, I know my buddy went to Ole Miss because, you know, we planned this in advance. But I didn't know there was going to be a whole house full of people. So anyway, every time this Plumley kid from probably from Jackson Prep did anything, they would all scream at the top of their lungs, "John Reese Plumley, John Reese Plumley!" And I was like, <laughs> "I am going to kill myself right here in this condominium." So anyway, that was my experience with the ball game until it turned our way, and then they changed the channel. A harrowing. <laughs> this is what I live with, man. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Anyway. Early touchdown from one John Reese Plumley. Yeah. Uh, then a 33-yard field goal. The Rebels took a 10 to 7 lead at 236 mark of the first quarter. The first time your Crimson Tide trailed after the first quarter since the 2017 Iron Bowl. That's an absolute tragedy. But the lead would not last long, my friend. Alabama would score 38 unanswered points. The first was a seven-yard rushing touchdown by one Tua Tungabaloa. The Tide took a 17-10 to 10 lead with a 36-36-yard field goal. Everybody raise your hands in the air because we made a field goal from kicker and possible watchmaker Joseph Bulovas. From that point on, it was the Tagovailoa to Smith show. The duo connected on four straight scores of numerous yards, 25, 33, 23, 7, 27, but you don't care about that. 
Those are numbers, Gregory. They are numbers. And let me just tell you, if there's anything on this planet that I love more than a Tua to Devontae touchdown, do you know what it is? It's a new segment. It's introducing a new segment on the Houndstooth Heroes. God bless America. What is this one? Better know your national player of the week. Oh, hot damn. All right. Devontae Smith. Yeah, okay, let's go. Smith claimed Alabama records for touchdown receptions with five. Previous record was three. And receiving yards with 274. It's just ungodly. The The old record there was 224. Uh, they said who that was by. Uh, come to me. Would that be – oh, hold on. I, I read that, and I thought it would be Amari Cooper, but it was not. It was not. It was somebody – that we'll you get, know, but it's not like the it's not like it's not like him or Julio. It's somebody you know, but not like a crazy person. Anyway, go ahead. No, if, get on with your second. If anyone listening, and I do mean the one listening, listener Fred. What up, Fred? Yeah, if you know that, please do let us know. Uh, anyway, with that performance, Smith was named National Player of the Week. Five Woo, of the week of the week of the week. His five touchdowns also tied the SEC record held by a whole host. Whole ass host of receivers. Uh, Smith is the 15th from Alabama to win this honor since 2004. Third receiver joining Christian Jones and Amari Cooper. The A meet Louisiana. Did I get it? Thank you. A meet Louisiana product. We practiced that a while before. We did. <laughs> uh, product scored four straight touchdowns for Alabama as it went on a 38-point run to blow out Ole Miss 59-31. And Smith now leads the team in receiving yards with 537, and his eight receiving touchdowns are second in the nation. I have some more information I've quickly gleaned uh, while you were rambling on with these numbers. Thank you. Uh, Devontae was the MVP of the state 3A championship game in Louisiana. He is six foot one. He is, weighs 160 pounds. He had, in high school, four interceptions as a defensive back, 67 catches for 1,040 yards, and 22 touchdowns as a receiver. So if you're playing if you're playing along at home, he played both ways. Mm-hmm. So before his do-it-all role at A-meet high, he paid quarterback, receiver, kick returning, leaving him on the field for roughly 90 of every 100 snaps. He grew up in an area of A-meet called Butlertown. Uh, also, fun fact, I grew up in a town called Butler, Alabama. I was thinking uh, about and that. Bar, right, and his local barber, Vincent, comes to Vince, to Tuscaloosa to cut his hair. Vincent has a barber shop in Amy called George's in the Butler Town neighborhood. And I'm going to quote the SI article on this because it sounds sketch as hell. Here's what it said. This is more than just a barber shop. It's a place where young, sometimes underprivileged athletes come to enhance their recruitment through Sanders and his various connections. He brings them to camps, exposes their talent to big-name coaches, and mentors them, all from his little shop. The newest items in the place are all football-related. Can we talk about uh, that for a second? Let's just I talk about I, that. I wish I had a Vincent. I Okay, I want like an HBO series on Vincent's Barbershop and all the shit that goes down up in this shop. Because you know there's some stuff going on up in this oh. shop. Oh, this is like, this is the real sort of T-Town menswear scandal. 
Well, right. I mean, this is far and better. Okay, what's that show about Mississippi Junior College? Um, y'all know uh, what I'm talking about. Last chance, you. Okay, this is far better than that. This yes. is like, yeah, I want to know what goes down in that barber shop. Uh, there's some money being changed hands allegedly. Uh, I want to know all about Vincent's Barbershop in AB, Louisiana. If you have the 411 on that, hit us up on H2Heroes on Twitter um, or just whatever you want to do. Call us if you have our number. we got to have this information. Yeah, yeah. I would watch the hell out of that HBO special. But, Gregory, we're going to continue on because that sounds totally on the up and up, and I just don't want to cause any more attention to it than need be. Uh, moving right along from – one new segment to another that is just growing and continuing to fulfill us all weekly. The hottest take you'll hear during this arbitrary time period. God. All right. What is it this week? Well, obviously, as I've been spending the past seven days thinking hard about this and not just Uh watching baseball a few minutes before we recorded, here's a a take for you. Marlon sucks. Mm-hmm. Marlins man sucks. The the guy who wears the orange Marlins that's <laughs> behind home plate or behind you know wherever the camera's going to be at any sporting event totally sucks. That's your take. That's what you got. That's the take. All right. So when we started this stupid segment that you invented, it was like I'm going to come up with an arbitrary take that is sure to play out in the you know in the future. Well, I think I think the word take can embody both predictions and opinions. Okay, you're an idiot. Let's move on. Um, Ordinarily, we would do ask a hero right here. But you know what? Nobody asks a damn hero. And I'm tired of begging you people every week. So fine. I'd like to bring back many one, one of your many failed bits. And that is called what are those loyal listeners? You will recall Mets had a bit for about three weeks, where he called many choices into question. As with most things in his life, it had a short shelf life. But I'm bringing back what are those about the Wisconsin uniforms last week. If you missed it, whiskey took to the gridiron in red jerseys and flesh-colored pants. Some likened the look to Winnie the Pooh. But I'm here to tell you, heroes, nothing good ever comes of it when a grown man sweats in flesh-colored pants. There hasn't been that much downstairs action since that one time a blogger snuck a girl into his mom's basement. More pickles than a Vlasic jar is what I'm saying. Nobody likes that much whiskey dick. Why, I'd go on as far as to say. Uh, right. Since your time isn't playing this week, I do have one bi-week related question for you, Gregory. Uh, last week in a press conference, South Carolina coach Will Muschamp said that his cocks were going to kick by's ass. Really? Cocks? Do we... Do we kick a by ass now? How do we I feel? I don't know, but I'm, I mean, are we segueing from one dick joke into another? Well, I wasn't trying to, but I guess anything. <laughs> Just a natural progression of between things. Us, we can't really help it. Okay, okay. Um, I believe we are going to kick by's ass this week. Um, I'm not going to set a line on it because, you know, it's by. Uh, although, you know, I, I, oh, never mind. I'm never going to talk about that. I was going to go with another dick joke, and I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, all right. Let's just let's just look at the games that are on the slate. And it's not a good one, so we focus just on the two big games in conference. And we want to give you some damn insight here. Georgia, Tennessee, and Auburn, Florida. And, you know, the, the 
bulldog vol game used to be big in the SEC East. It is no longer big now. Shout out to the AAC, which ran an article that said, what happened to Tennessee football? I uh, didn't know it. they had that in them, but I'm proud as hell that they did. Uh, this Uga is a 23-and-a-half-point favorite now. Oh. Uh, I guess we're wondering what would have to happen for UT to cover the 23 and even that one-half, Gregory. Okay, at one point, I believed that – when it was at 22, I guess is when it was. I would believe that UGA would need to mistakenly start Uga the dog at quarterback. But I was wrong. To cover 23 and a half, um, they're going to have to do more than just mistakenly start the dog at quarterback. They would need to start 22 actual dogs for UT to cover the 23 and a half. Yeah, no, I think that sounds right. Uh, Among many other things, and there were, we should probably talk about there were some off-field issues for the Vols this week. Okay, wait, I, I heard about this. I saw, like, I follow Wes Rucker on Twitter, and he's like, you know, it's been a minute since UT made TMZ, but here we are. Um, I don't know what happened. Tell the listener the story. Hey, Fred. Yeah, uh, it happened at the near the strip in Knoxville, and I think reports showed that it was at 3 or 4 in the morning. Uh, the video I watched, and, and to be fair, did not watch that much of, uh, started with, it was a what do you call like the chest cameras that cops wear and it's it's with a Tennessee player who I have no idea who he was in the back of the cop car. And he's on speakerphone, somebody kind of yelling into the phone and the cop comes over and he says, who are you talking to? And he says, coach. And he says, the cop says, which coach? And he says, coach Pruitt, do you want to talk to him here? Talk to him and hands the cop his phone. Uh, it's, I, I, it's hard for me, even when he was at Alabama to feel sorry for Jeremy Pruitt. I do feel a little no. sympathy toward him at this point because it's very clear that he's just been woken up and is trying to figure out what the hell's going on with his player and with the cops. Uh, but at, at one point he says something about, this is so typical of what happens here. I've worked at three different. I've worked at three or four places before this, and this would have never happened at any of those. <laughs> well, obviously it would, but that's not. That's neither, neither here nor there. No, hmm. it, it was. It was more. I think the defense there, just to have it on the record, was that he was describing the player apparently had a warrant out for missing a court date. And Pruitt was more sort of addressing the competency of Knoxville Police Department, which I can vouch is lacking. Uh, <laughs> anywho, that concern aside, and I have to say, going back to the previous hot take in an arbitrary time period, I guarantee Phil Fulmer was ecstatic when that news hit. <laughs> no, he was rubbing those fat, grubby paws together. Again, I have to ask. Fat Phil was fat, then he was skinny, now he's fat. I don't know why. If we, anybody knows what happened to Fat Phil to make him fat again, you know, H2 Theros. We need answers. All the yeah. concerns aside, quarterback remains a concern in Knoxville, and it's all Jarrett Guantanamo's fault. Uh, this line that he's working behind isn't doing him any favors. The running game is decent-ish, as decent as it ever is, but not strong enough to help his cause. And the Tennessee defense hasn't done near enough to get into the backfield or bother anyone. And now it has to find a way to come up with something special 
against one of the nation's best offensive lines coming up from Athens. Uh, Georgia leads all SEC teams with the fewest tackles for loss allowed. Their pass protection has been terrific, even against Notre Dame. Uh, Tennessee isn't getting to DeAndre Swift, the Georgia running back, uh, before he's had time to sort of make a cut and figure out his path. There's no reason to make this difficult. Georgia needs to start running, keep pounding, and expect Jake Fromm to be Jake Fromm, Jake from State Park. Uh, he won't take any chances. He won't make any mistakes. And they'll just rely on the defense. Yeah. Um, this game honestly has 38 to 13 written all over it. Tennessee defense is not traffic tragic, but they won't get enough points ever to keep the balls in the game. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, even with the number moving a little bit, I'm still hating the ball. Uh, you know, who, unless, like I said, unless the Georgia decides to start a bunch of actual dogs. But with that, who you hate? I'm hating the ball big here, man. I think this is a blowout. I think it could be. 49 nothing. They could put 50 on them. I just think, I think Kirby wants to prove a point. I think Tennessee is probably realizing that their season is over at this point. Uh, I, I like Uga big time. Let's, uh, before we get on to, I was going to talk about Auburn and Florida here in a second, but I do want to ask this question How much longer does Pruitt have? I th- it depends. If they win, Two games this year, he's done. And I think them winning two yeah. games is very realistic. And in fact, Heard, who I think is the best sports reporter in Knoxville, longtime journalist, Jimmy Himes, say he thinks two games is realistic. Uh, I, right. I think that is Fulmer's opportunity. And I think Fulmer's going to take it if it's there. Right. But okay, let's say they win five. <sighs> five might save him, but that's. I don't, and actually, they could beat Vandy at this point. Vandy's very bad. Vandy's bad. I, I mean, I don't see five, but let's say they pull one out of their ass. I, I think I see four, but if they pull one out of their ass and, and get five, you think Pruitt's safe? He might get one more year with five. That's awesome. That's all I want. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> down at the swamp. Florida entertains Auburn. It's a pick'em game, or has it moved? Do you know? Or is it still it has moved. Uh, it's now two and a half Auburn. Damn. Uh, I have definite thoughts here. Uh, the Auburn running game is back to doing what it does, being pretty excellent. Uh, they're averaging 251 yards uh, on the ground per game. Uh, Jatarvius, is it Tavius or Jatarvius? I don't know. I think it goes by Booby Whitlow. He's, argue, he's averaging over five yards a rush last week. The passing game kicked into relatively high gear, too, for a freshman quarterback. Against Moo, uh, Bonex kind of turned loose. He was averaging 16 yards a pass, a 335-yard, two-touchdown day. Uh, so the offense at Auburn is starting to show a little pop. The O-line is giving the freshman all day to throw. Uh, and that O-line should be able to move the chains a little bit on the Gator D. And that gives up way too many – and honestly, the Gator D gives up way too many third-down conversions. Uh, defensively, Auburn's front line is playing up to its billing. They were supposed to be great, and they are. They're giving up just three yards of carry, uh, never more than 120 yards on the ground to anybody so far. Uh, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Auburn, and, I mean, Tulane and Oregon, they all can run the ball, but they did not run it on Auburn. So, yeah, and, and I'll just say quickly that Auburn also has some kid whose name, oh, it's Schwartz. They have a kid named Schwartz 
who's literally the fastest human I've ever seen on the planet. Auburn let a Jew on campus? I wondered about that. He doesn't look Jewish. I mean, that doesn't sound like an Auburn thing to do, is to let a minority. Yeah, I wondered about that. All right, counter- he does play football. Anyway. I, th- I think, and I'll get sort of to my, to my hate later. I, I'm going right. to keep that separate here. But I do think this is a new Florida team with your boy, Kyle Trask, up to the task uh, Mm -hmm. in a quarterback for Felipe Franks, who I think I have made clear was the worst SEC quarterback we've seen in some time. Uh, In some time, yes. Some time. Trask has had had a couple of weeks to get up to speed after target practice uh, against Tennessee and Towson. But this week, his job is to be a game manager. He needs to keep the chains moving not turn the ball over, and hopefully let the Florida defense do the rest. As it is, the media, I'm going to say, people love the Gators' D. I'm going to save my takes for later. But in general, national folks love the Florida Gators' defense, and they have only allowed nine points per game, uh, been helped out by one of the nation's top pass rushes. This week, two of their stars are back from leg injuries, lower body injuries. Right. Uh, the top pass rusher Jabari Zuniga. Why don't we try the in an NFL caliber corner CJ Henderson? No, uh, hold on, I gotta stop you. Jabari Zuniga. I wonder if he's related to Zach Daphne Zuniga of Spaceballs fame. I just blew your mind, didn't I? Ask a hero, people. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to ask ourselves. Um, there is nothing pretty about this Gators team, but they have proven effective. They don't really control the clock. They commit a few too many penalties. And again, the running game is eh, just okay with P Ryan back there, uh, but they are tough. They are talented and they're undefeated so far. Uh, and I'm not sure they've reached their full potential. Uh, the, the ground game is not going to carry the day. So it really comes down to if you believe in QB Kyle Trask and whether or not you're buying the Gators, all that to say, Gregory, tell me who you hate. Dude, I told you I was real specific on this one. I am hating the Gators so hard here. So much that it is my hate of the week. Hate of the week. Thank thank you. Um, I really don't think it's that close. Uh, If if it was pick them, I mean, put the house on, on Auburn. Two and a half. I still think they cover that easily. It's low expectations. Auburn in an odd numbered year. And that, my friends, is kryptonite to everybody else. Auburn wins this game going away 30 17. Yourself? Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's kind of a shock to me that uh, Game Day has chosen to be at this game because uh, I just thought some of the West Coast games might be a little more attractive given what they need to be returning to the SEC for later. Um, but it's a good point because I think both these teams are very hyped right now. I think uh, people are trying to build up both Florida and Auburn as contenders. I think one of them is a contender, and I think one is a complete pretender, uh, that being Clown Shoes, Mullins, Gators. I just think I hear about their defense every year, and they do a great job playing the Tennessees and the South Carolinas and the awful FSUs and Miamis. I don't think this Florida defense is enough to stop even Bo Nix, who I don't have great faith in. Uh, But I do think the Auburn defense is just going to embarrass Florida's offense. 
I don't think it's particularly close either, but maybe 24 to 10. Fair enough. Uh, Right there with you, brother. All right. Uh, We'll be back back next week when the Tide actually plays a team. Uh, They take on Texas A&M in uh, College Station, the land of weirdos. Uh, But that will do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes. Remember, you can find us on houndstoothheroes.com or on Twitter at Heroes. Thank you to Bo and thank you to Elliot and all the good folks at Druid City Brewing for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds when we're in Tuscaloosa. And you should do the same, heroes. We hope to talk to you next week. Uh, Take us home, Betsy. Yep, we'll try to do better next time. Love you, Gregory. Love you. Y'all be good. Roll tight.